0: should never turn her back on God's chosen people. And now, here's our radio host, Dr. K. Daniel Freed.
1: Welcome to the Hope of Israel Baptist Broadcast. Once again, it's so good to have the blessing of the Lord to be on the radio across America and even in other countries of the world. It is an awesome privilege, I hope, that you're having a pretty good day. I hope you're having a great day. Of course, if you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Jewish Messiah, it ought to be the great day for you. Yes, I know that we go through trials and sufferings and afflictions. We're not going to be exempt from those things just because we are born-again Christians. In fact, even the Bible talks about that with uh, much tribulation, we're going to enter the kingdom of God. But the fact of the matter is we know the end of the story. We know where we're going to spend eternity. Now, (laughs) that gives the greatest comfort of all, to know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life forever. Do you know that? Well, if you don't, you can know. But you have to humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, turn from your wicked way, receive by faith the purchase redemption of your soul. How was that accomplished? Simply by the shed blood of the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life's blood some 2,000 years ago to pay the penalty of your sin, my sin, and the sin of the world. Isn't that what John the Baptist said? Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He's not just the Savior of the Jewish people. He's the Savior of the world. Will you receive him by faith? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to just bring up uh, some news that had appeared is very relevant to today during the fast day one one of the many fast days that the jewish people commemorate during the year and one of the most solemn of those days is tisha b'av it is uh, basically the commemoration and memorial of the first and second temple the destruction of those temples And, of course, uh, the Jewish people always want to remind themselves of the sufferings that they've gone through. And this uh, day, Tisha B'Av, which I religiously celebrated during the days in which my family would go to the synagogue. And uh, you're supposed to fast for 25 hours. You're not supposed to eat or drink. You're not supposed to engage in any joyful activity. This High Holy Day, which is basically a man-made thing by the leaders of rabbinical Judaism all through down the centuries, been been extended now to commemorate the Holocaust as well. And uh, there's nothing really inherently wrong, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to set aside perhaps a day we do it as the United States of America. We have Memorial Day. We have uh, Veterans Day. These are days in, that America uh, memorializes and uh, reflects upon the the lives the of our soldiers that were sacrificed for the freedoms we enjoy today. So as a country, as a nation, nothing wrong with it. But they have actually made it into a a big segment of their religion in sense in the sense that you are required to to do this it's mandatory that is why when a jewish person or a non-jew receives christ as their lord and savior they're free from this man-made bondage these man-made traditions rudiments of men these commandments of men they're free from all of that so the fact of the matter is that their good intentions has developed into legalism Legalism essentially is trying to do something, celebrate something, raise some man-made regulation in order to be seen as justified before God, or to believe that you are still right with God. Legalism is man's way of trying to appease God by his good works, but we know there's none good known that one, and all our righteousness is as filthy rags before the holy God. During this day, the solemn day, which really is a day to be respected because of the fact that from a Jewish perspective, I'm especially talking now, it should be a day of, uh, well, it should be a day of respect. But seemingly, there's always a bad apple out there. There are some of the liberal Jewish communities and synagogues that are perpetuating the liberalism of today. They're helping to foster it. They're helping to further it. And it's a sad thing because it it brings a bad name to the Jewish people. And it undermines what this state's supposed to mean to them and to the nation of Israel and to Jewish people as a whole. And what this group had done, about 500 of them, I guess, of course, by the liberal media, they would always try to make it look like it was bigger than it really was, but they're protesting with signs, never again. Folks, if you know anything about history, about Jewish history and about the Holocaust, you know the phrase never again is linked distinctively to the Holocaust. So any attempt for anybody, whether they're Jewish or not, to take such a an expression that is directly associated to the horrors of the Holocaust and now to compare that or contrast that to the wall that we are desperately trying to erect around our borders in the United States of America and they're protesting against that wall and they're protesting against ICE, the border agents that are responsible to make sure that uh, the illegals don't cross over the border. Now when you look at this group of people you find out that they are associated with the one of the most liberal and this is not even it's hard to believe it's even going on in Jewry. but when you look at apostate christianity you you can also as goes apostate christianity so goes Jewry. the liberal jewish communities seem to follow right along it's sad very sad So when there are women preachers, then there are Jewish women rabbis. When there are homosexual preachers or sodomite preachers, then they give us some time and they now have uh, homosexual rabbis and so on. Uh, Yeah, this this is a sad dilemma, you know. And anyway, so primarily it's the congregation Bet Simchat Torah in Manhattan that's been known from the very beginning as a homosexual haven, Jewish homosexual haven, or what gender you want to be. They are very pro-LGBT and so on and so forth. So anyway, the fact of the matter is, you could see now the uh, identification is always, as the saying goes, birds of a feather flock together. The the liberals, the uh, socialists, the communists, the morally depraved, will gather together and yoke together against biblical principles. Now, one of the biblical principles that are even said in the Bible very clearly that it is justified to have a wall around your border to protect your population and to keep out those that would desire to endanger your nation. I mean, mean, just common sense, right? I mean, this something it should be a no-brainer. But I mean, in Israel, if they didn't have a wall, and they still don't have totally finished erecting a wall all around the border, which is not really the exact border that God promised Israel, but it's a temporary border that man has made. And at any rate, if they didn't have that wall, (laughs) it'd be total chaos. Just look what's happening now with a wall and the communities of Gaza over there being led by dictator, terroristic leadership called Hamas, they, they're the ones, dearly beloved, that they're causing all kind of chaos, and they're, they're not even past the wall, but at the wall. And before you get to the wall, they're creating all kinds of chaos. May I just say that the Bible's clear. It's, it's okay to have a wall. Oh, Indeed, it's almost, it's, it's, let me just put it this way, it's irresponsible not to have a wall. In fact, God sanctioned it in the days when they were going to rebuild the wall in the days of Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra 9-9, the Bible says, for we were bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy unto us in the sight of the kings of Persia, to give us a reviving, to set up the house of our God, and to repair the desolations thereof, and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. So it appears that having a wall is associated with revival. And uh, Nehemiah 1 3 And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. Yet, folks, this is what's going to happen if we don't have a wall. This is what happens to any country that does not have a wall around its borders to protect its borders. They're going to have affliction, and they're going to have reproach. The Bible goes on to say, the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. So because of that, it goes on in chapter 2, verse 17, then said I unto them, ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come and let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. And just like in those days, or just like today, it was the same in those days, there are always those who oppose this godly principle. In Nehemiah 4.1, the Bible says, but it came to pass that when Samballot heard, and by the way, he was a foreigner anyway, heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. Well, thank God they didn't listen to Samballot, and we shouldn't listen to the liberals and the commies and the socialists and the anti-Bibles and the anti-Jews and the anti-Zionists, the anti-anything that's good. We should listen to these people. We need to go by biblical principles. In Nehemiah 4, 6, the Bible said clearly, so built we the wall, and all of the wall was joined together unto the half thereof for the people had a mind to work. Well,
0: that's all we have for today. And may the Lord richly bless you.